You're listening to The Parallel Paths, a podcast designed to elevate your mind, body, and spirit so that you can get everything you want out of life. The only question is, are you ready? Welcome back to The Parallel Paths podcast. I'm your co-host, Makita Moore. And I'm your co-host, Blair McClendon. Yes, and we are back again for our second episode. And this episode, we are going to be talking about emotional intelligence. And originally, it was going to be all about men and their emotions. (laughs) It was, but I had to step up and say, hey, there's some women out there lacking emotional intelligence, too. It's not a one-sided thing. So let's make this an equal playing field. Yes, this will be all-encompassing about emotions um you know what is emotional intelligence like you know what does that mean to us what how does that affect us in our lives and how we interact with one another what are some things that we can do to enhance our emotional intelligence um so that's what we'll cover in this episode yeah so and it's actually this was sparked um by our this idea of this episode was sparked from our last episode on meditation and Blair I know you mentioned that just through meditation you felt like you were able to enhance your emotional intelligence so we'll definitely dive more into that once we get once we go more in depth but from your understanding Blair how do you define emotional intelligence I should have known you were gonna start with that um (laughs) yeah that's tough for me like I would say I guess just shooting from the cuff emotional intelligence is being aware of yourself uh, as far as like what's triggering you, whether that's triggering something on the positive spectrum or something on a negative spectrum, Uh, just being aware on every level to how you're reacting to things. Um, Are you letting certain things just go by the wayside? Like really, I guess just being in tune with your emotions and how you're acting. Yeah, that's exactly how I would define it. Just that awareness of what emotions am I experiencing and then having the mental clarity to understand why you're experiencing those emotions and then to be able to respond in an intelligent manner that, you know, is more beneficial to you rather than just reacting to these emotions. So um, if you don't know by the definition, emotional intelligence is a super, super important thing, but it's something that a lot of us aren't taught. You know, we're not really taught to really sit there and understand our emotions. We're taught that this emotion is good or this emotion is bad. But when it comes to understanding those emotions and embracing them, that's something that I feel like we really lack in teaching um, each, teaching each one another. Yeah, I agree. Um, we kind of touched on it last week, but with meditation, that's really how I kind of got even halfway aware of emotions and what all that stuff was um aside from heartbreak and all that sort of stuff but um so let's 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 talk on that though so when it comes to what do you think are some causes of of us being out of touch with our emotions um and then we could talk about what kind of brings us more to that awareness of our emotions like why do you feel like we are so we lack this emotional intelligence why are we out of touch with it I just think as humans, um, comprehensively, we're out of touch, period, like just by societal programming. Like it's not, it's not something that we're taught 
from kindergarten up, like to be aware of how you're reacting to certain things. Uh, most time, if if a kid is acting up or if you're throwing a tantrum, they're just gonna throw you in the corner or send you to the office. Like it's never a diagnosis of what's actually going on. So mm-hmm. you're not necessarily taught how to handle that early and it just translates and piles on as you get older. So so what does that look like? So like the fact that we're not taught how to deal with our emotions in your own personal life or in what you observe other people, how does that then, that lack of emotional intelligence like manifest in like our lives? Um, I mean, for somebody like myself who just internalized everything, it ended up causing acid reflux which led to severe stomach cramps, which led to hospitalization. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's really how far do you want to go down the rabbit hole? Like, I mean, it can go a million different ways. Uh, at the well, end so, of the- so talk a little bit, like, because I think like you, that wasn't what a lot of people would expect to be your manifestation of emotional, of a lack of emotional intelligence. How do you go from emotions to the physical, you have these like chronic health conditions? So it kind of, on a scientific level, like everybody is different. So for me, just knowing myself now, uh, my stomach is one of my emotional centers. So the stomach being the second brain, if you're constantly internalizing things and you're not expressing yourself, you're just, you're eating it. Like it's just internalizing and it can manifest itself in a, a number of different ways. But uh, for me, like, I mean, I, I've looked up different astrology. I've looked up this thing called human design and so many other things, but everything that kind of points back to anything that I would be suffering from, from a stress or like an emotional um, suppression, it would be internalized in my stomach area or my digestive uh, tract. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was spot on. And definitely I guess hindsight being 2020 it's one of those things you can look back and say me not eating healthy plus the stress that I was putting on myself from everything else it definitely uh, was a contributing factor to how I ended up hospitalized basically Mm -hmm. so like so the important thing is is that you know we have these emotions which I think a lot of times we often fail to realize that emotions, well, everything is energy and emotions are just a different expression of that energy that the process of these emotions is for them to flow. Um, Emotions bring us information. And when we allow that information to come to us and then allow that emotion then to flow on, we can receive that information and then allow that energy to pass. But when we don't, receive and acknowledge our emotions that energy gets stuck and it gets stored down and when that energy is stored in your body then you have physical manifestations like for you was the the stomach problems for me it's chronic fatigue um and chronic you know uh joint pain so these Mm -hmm. this is just one way that you know that lack of emotional um intelligence can affect us physically but also like the most, imp- like the, the biggest one is how it affects us and how we interact with other people, you know, yeah. not being aware of the emotions you're experiencing. You can't really connect to other people, right? 
um, or you might be projecting um, onto other people, like, you know, just, uh, you can be talking to someone who might remind you of some old, like you might like either like the smell, like a perfume that person's wearing, it could like trigger some emotional response. If you're not aware, you might be projecting on that person and kind of put up like a barrier or a wall with that person, not realizing why, um, but it's because, you know, you've, you've been triggered in, on this emotional level, um, but you're not aware to then not allow that wall that's coming up to prevent you from actually having a real interaction with this person in front of you. For sure. Um, I think just having self-awareness, period, when it comes to that is key. Just, um, I guess, speaking from personal experience, I know, let's say, early 20s, definitely <laughs> wasn't connecting emotionally like that. Um, so as I start to get more into like the mindfulness practices and stuff like that, you really start to realize like, okay, a really does equal B like it's, it's certain things that you're doing even subconsciously that like you said could be projected on the other person and it's causing them to react a certain way and then it can create a snowball in, in either direction so um, it's definitely important when you're communicating with uh, a partner or a significant other uh, just being able to share your feelings with them allow them to share their feelings as well uh, but just have everything being reciprocated to where it's on an even playing field because uh, one person might be opening up more than the other and then you're not really knowing how the other person feels and the mind is a crazy thing so once you start thinking one thing it, it, I know I've seen it firsthand but it can go in one complete direction and it's it, it appears one way but it's it's the complete opposite so it's one of those things where communication is the key. Mm -hmm. And you, you touched on like self-awareness too, where um, this level of awareness, it's, that, it's a, I guess you have to have that self-awareness in order to begin to adopt this emotional intelligence. Because once you can sense, okay, like I'm experiencing this emotion and this is what it feels like to me because anger for me might look different than anger for you. Like my anger might be me crying while yours could be you feeling enraged, you know, right. whatever. So like you have to kind of know, that's why it takes, you know, uh, practices, like you said, like meditation or things just to become more self-aware um, and not let someone else tell you what that emotional expression is supposed to look like. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is, this is one of the big problems. This is kind of why we, we came to this topic was because for black men in particular, um, who were taught how to express their emotions or basically told not to, um, to express their emotions. So then they never really get to, they never really build an intimate relationship to understand emotions, to understand what am I experiencing? Why am I experiencing this thing? And how can I um, express this thing in an adaptive way? You guys don't get a lot of that. I mean, us as females, we, you know, we don't get as much, but I feel like we, it's more socially acceptable for us to, um, build a relationship with our emotions and experience the spectrum of emotions and not just a certain subset of emotions. Yeah. And I mean, I can even think back to sports. Um, I mean, you can probably even think about it, but like professional athletes get fined for celebrating. Like you can't even show emotion for having a great play. Like, so, I mean, right there, that's suppressing emotions. So it's like, you're getting attacked from so many different ways that you don't even see 
that when it does come down to the time that where you do need to express those emotions, you don't really know how to. Um, so that was actually going to lead me into a question for you. What was one thing that you did or what's one piece of advice that you would give somebody who is looking to tap into self-awareness or emotional intelligence? I would, well, before I do that, because when you were talking about the, the, the men, uh, like the football players expressing that emotion, I think one of the reasons why, um, I'm not sure if y'all can hear Kobe drinking in the background, <laughs> that's what that sound is, um, but I think one of the reasons, like historically, it's because, especially for melanated people like us, we are very passionate, powerful people, so when we express our emotions, it is perceived as threatening to a lot of other people. So an expression of joy or excitement or enthusiasm is taken in a negative way to where that's too aggressive, that's too much, people feel threatened. So that's when they start finding people for being excited, for slamming a ball because they were excited or for showing like, why are you right. perceiving this thing as threatening? It's just right. an emotion, you know? So, so that, and it, it goes back to, you know, very early on, we were conditioned not with like basically understanding the power of emotion and we'll talk more about the power of emotion when it comes to like manifesting stuff but when it comes to us understanding our power and how much power we have in expressing ourselves and tapping into emotions and utilizing that it has been there's been strategic efforts put in place to make to take as much power away from us as possible and a big part of it is emotion and by putting these chains on people, especially the black man, about how he's supposed to express his emotions or the fact that he's not supposed to have emotions, it takes away so much of that man's power on top of adding in all these layers of, of dysfunction um, and pain that could be avoidable if we just allowed ourselves to fully experience the human experience for what it is. For sure. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm not going to forget that question, but I think one thing too today, uh, it's not embraced soci by society to be masculine anymore. Um, so I, I think that that's one huge hurdle that we have to, to overcome 2020 and beyond. Um, it's, especially with the black men, it's been an attack on our masculinity as a whole. Like everything is being pushed. Um, as like a feminine type of agenda. And as men, you have to embrace that masculine side. And it's, of course, it's, it's a toxic and a, a positive side to everything. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, Future makes this, this toxic masculine music. Yeah, he does. But like, you need that balance sometime. Like, it's, it's okay to embrace that. And I think that's where it goes back to the emotional intelligence. It's like, all right, you can embrace that dark or that shadow side and still have the light too. So again, it, it kind of goes back to having balance and just self-awareness. But <clears throat> if you understand like, hey, he might be saying something in this verse that I don't necessarily agree with. So I'm not going to turn around and act and do exactly like what he said but like you can still enjoy the vibe of it or whatever and still feel that power and, and not feel bad about it um and I think that's important for men like not not apologizing for being a man at the end of the day 
Yeah, I think that, that that's part of the whole emotional intelligence piece too is really realizing that you can experience someone else's emotions without feeling like you have to adopt what they're saying or the right. emotion that they're expressing. Um, and important thing is, is that we all have this masculine, feminine energy that we're supposed to keep in balance. So there's times where like, I'll be listening to like, you know, nothing but Nipsey. And I'm like, I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting, I, I, I have a sense that I need to tap into my more feminine energy. <laughs> yeah. so I'll put on some India Irie or some Lauren Hill, right. you know, just to balance myself out. But, you know, or I'll, I'll, I'll try, I try to channel more of a sensuality kind of feeling. Um, but that's, you have to kind of know that you kind of have to know, like, you know, where am I at right now is the energy the the, whatever I'm on the masculine or feminine side, wherever I am on that balance is that energy conducive to the environment I'm in. Like while I'm sitting right. here with my niece, you know, what, what am I, I'm going to be more softer, more nurturing, um, or I mean more directive and authoritative, um, right. And even, I don't even like saying like that either of those are masculine or feminine because like that's right. what we've been told are masculine and feminine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's more you kind of have to sense it, and also it might look different. Like your masculine feminine might look different than another person's masculine feminine. For sure, and I mean I think just even touching back on the music, like even me having the balance, like I'm not listening to Future all the time. Like I might throw on some Sade or I might put on Maxwell or whatever, like. Hey or some John Coltrane. So like the music spectrum I think is broad, but I think a lot of people kind of limit it to a certain area, <clears throat> especially men. I feel like we might stay in one pocket, like it's not necessarily spread across everything. And I think the music that you listen to definitely plays a balance in uh, your emotional intelligence and then just your balance overall. Like you do need to hear, um, a woman's voice you need to hear some of the things that they're saying like there's certain messages that women can get across to us that men can and vice versa so um and that for, for that i feel like that's why it's so important for us to be in relationships and i don't necessarily i mean romantic i feel like there is a the beauty in a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman where they can find that balance between the like a true divine feminine and that true right. masculine when they allow themselves to fully be that because they don't have to put their guard up or feel like they have to take on these roles because of you know past history things like that but i think it's good to, for us to have that balance and even in work relationships like i i generally do a lot of work with a lot of men and it's because i like to have that balance between the masculine and the feminine yeah. um and i think it's good to pursue that in work relationships or other relationships you have for sure even, even though in society we're taught that like no, you know, you shouldn't be hanging out with men, you shouldn't be hanging out with women, but it's like, how can we, how can we expect to know each other in a romantic relationship if we're not spending time with one another outside of that first? Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think it's funny, because a lot of times people will say men and women can't be friends, or especially pl platonic friends, and I, I beg to, to disagree. Um, and I, I mean, even you, you're attractive, but platonic friends, so I mean, I have plenty of female friends who are attractive, who it can just solely be friends and that energy be mutual, um, the feminine. But I think, the I think that's another thing of it, but I have to though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can talk more into that. But um, I just feel like with 
when are we gonna touch on that? Because mine's <laughs> running a little crazy right now. <laughs> now. But um, I, I do think it's possible though. And I think it's important to have uh, a balance in your friends. And I know for me, you just get a certain spark from having feminine energy around. Like it's a whole different perspective than always having the masculine uh, sight. Like women just see things completely different. Um, and you need that nurturing, that essence in your presence. Mm -hmm. And and I think the issue is a lot of times, at least from my own personal experience in relationships, is as a woman, I can sense when the, the man who I'm around um, is in need of something. However, when I offer, you know, that support or advice or whatever it is, he is so out of touch with his emotions to even understand why I'm even offering something like that. And then I think a part of it's also the pain of, because I think like there's a lack of awareness, but then when someone does something like that, it does bring that awareness, but then it might be too painful or uncomfortable or um, uh, unnatural to kind of go there to where then it comes off as almost like aggression in that sense. I think within, in order for us to, to continue to evolve together, men and women, both in romantic relationships and platonic relationships, we have to understand that balance within ourselves. And then once we're in the presence of one another, and that's why it's important to have this level of emotional intelligence. That way, when I'm in your presence, I don't have to have a guard up. And if I do have a guard that starts to rise, I can be aware of it and not have to not be not be so reactive in relation to it. So like I can, that guard, I can sense that guard coming up and that should tune me in. Okay, let me just be present. Cause I know once, once that guard comes up, it's gonna start warping my reality. So if yeah. I can just be present, you know, and tune in and just like observe, then I won't be so affected, you know, by that guard. Yeah, I think when like you're trying to date too, um, I feel like a lot of people would, I don't, I don't want to necessarily call it serial dating, but like you just go on multiple dates. Like let's say you're going on the, the ninth, 10th date and you're still trying to figure out if you like this person. Why, why is it taking you 10 dates to figure that out? Like that's to me, lack of self-awareness and like lack of emotional intelligence because at least for me, it's gotta be a certain chemistry beyond the physical that I feel from day one for me to even entertain something beyond that. So I feel like you kind of have a, a good feeling, especially within the first two, three times of you hanging out with somebody like, is this going to go one way or is it going to go the other? But that's having that awareness. That's being able to tap in like, Oh no, this person is really just a friend or I can see this person being something more, whatever. And that's something that I feel like I definitely um, have, that's an area where I lacked emotional intelligence to where I've had men who pop up later in my life um, and be like, you know, you know, you know, years ago, you know, I kind of saw you in this kind of light and I was like, well, I didn't, I was completely oblivious to it. Um, or I was just so unaware just because I couldn't, I couldn't see him recognizing me because I myself couldn't recognize myself. Like I, I didn't, see I wasn't self-aware enough to see what value this person was finding in me um but as I as I began to tune into myself with like meditation and stuff I gained a greater sense of awareness to where 
one, I could understand why I wasn't seeing myself the way these other people were seeing me, that I did have like these limiting beliefs about myself. Um, and that I could always challenge that when I would notice, okay, my guard's going up and I know this isn't going to give me a, a, a true reality of what things really are. Um, so yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely had it in that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> so is it a good time to transition into, I guess, some things that you would give people uh, as far as like tips to become more self-aware or develop this emotional intelligence? Yeah, yeah. We talked enough about the problem. So let's talk some solutions yeah. now. Let's talk some solutions for how can you build emotional intelligence? How can you become more aware of the emotions that you're experiencing uh, be more accepting of those emotions and then respond to those emotions in a way that's helpful for you. So what's one strategy that you use, Blair? Kick us off. Um, besides meditation, I would recommend isolating yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. Sounds kind of crazy, but um, my time of isolation was when I moved to Seattle. I lived in Seattle about a year and a half. And I know a lot of people would ask me like, why Seattle? And if you read the book, The Alchemist, um, that was like my version of the pyramids. So after being out there and kind of living through that moment and being able to look back on it, it was my time of isolation. Like I wasn't out there trying to date. It was solely one purpose. Um, and I was really just enjoying the moment and, and building upon uh, my early stages of entrepreneurship. So I was, very focused and just goal oriented while I was out there. Like it wasn't anything except for really like a healing experience too. Like I did a lot of different little healing practices and um, just tapping in for real, like just connecting with nature. I go on a bunch of hikes. Like it was just a, a nice time, but it was just, it was a, a much needed time away from uh, outside influences. Whether like, that be friends, family, whatever. Like it's just it's nice to be able to disconnect and like you really kind of just be alone with your thoughts. Like you really get to sort out what you want to do. You get to figure out like who you are. And I know um sometimes people be like, Oh, I guess you're soul searching. I mean, kind of soul searching every day. I mean, like in a sense, like, unless you're really in tune with, with that higher presence and you're, you're constantly in each moment, like you're always searching for that higher connection. So, um, yeah, I just think that isolation is needed and that once you do take that step of being able to be by yourself, so many things can evolve from that. So I know a lot of people especially while we're in quarantine, a lot of people find that isolation like uncomfortable. Um, and I think like, you know, especially right now, and I, my heart goes out to these generations that are coming up underneath us who have been, who've been raised around technology and constant connection to everything. Um, was it hard for you to, and did it seem unnatural at first to seek that isolation or did you kind of like, did it just seem like inborn to do it? And when you did it, it felt, cause I, I think you identify as an introvert too, right? Like an introvert, extrovert? Nah, um, the Myers-Briggs, I actually was an extrovert on there. Okay. 
So, I mean, it was very close though. It was like almost one of those like 55, 45 type things. Mm -hmm. So like, I can really go either way. It's not that I'm introverted. Um, I've always done a lot of extroverted things. Like even growing up, like I was class president. (laughs) So like, you can't necessarily be just an introvert and not talk to anybody like, and and be in, in that type of role. So I would say I've been able to play both sides of it. And I just think me tapping in on a personal level and just kind of listening to my intuition, it was a much needed step on this journey. So it wasn't really a, a question. Like it was, it, that was really something I saw like three years before it even happened. Like Seattle was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know under those terms of isolation, like just me being by myself, not really trying to date all that type of stuff. I didn't realize all of that would come into play, but that's what it was. And I think another aspect, um, and I'll go into like, you know, some of my solutions for it as well, but um, you spoke on following your instinct, you know, you let you listen to your instinct, let you guide. And that's, I feel like that's the source of intelligence. And I feel like everything that we're about to suggest on how to tap into it, like your intelligence comes from your intuition. That's what you're trying to tap into. And when you tap into your intuition and you follow that, then you're just got, kind of be guided. Everything's going to be smooth sailing. Um, you're going to be able to know how to handle challenges as they arise because that is the ultimate source of intelligence. Um, you know, and through meditation and that isolation, that allows you to be able to find that stillness and that quiet to where you can hear your intuition. You can be guided by your intuition and also be able to better sort out is this my intuition or is this fear? Which is sometimes I have a challenge with that. Like, am I not turning down that road, like that road because the turn will be too quick and I don't want the person behind me to like feel like I turned too quick or is my intuition telling me to t- like, you know, something like that, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's, that's been a big thing. Like, I, I feel like being an entrepreneur, you have to tap into that spiritual side. Like you have to kind of, you have to be intuitive. Like it's just so many different things and decisions that you have to make to where it's like, that's, I guess, really where it starts to come into play. Like, um, who do you trust in? It's like, at the end of the day, I'm a bet on myself. So I got to ride with the wins and the losses that come with that. But mm-hmm. it's just trying to to decipher what those messages are like what what are are the signs that you're getting uh from the universe and i mean even before i quit my job uh going on three years ago i was getting so many signs to where it was like if i stayed in that job i probably would have got sick again like something Mm -hmm. crazy would have happened to where it would have been like no you're gonna leave the job one way or the other or i would have got fired or it would have been some other circumstance that would have played a factor in me getting to the same spot like, I just feel like certain things are meant to happen. Certain things will play out how they're meant to be. Um, so some of the things that you might deem as a loss, it's actually a win because it's going to transform into something better down the road, which in my case, had I not gotten sick, like the whole path to self-awareness and all that stuff never would have opened for me. So like, that's why I always- Or would have been delayed. Help. Yeah, or been delayed. So. 
it definitely expedited the process because it, it put everything in my lap to where it was like, well, if you want a solution to how you're going to cure yourself or how you're going to get better, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think as far as like what you talked about with decision making, I think it's another area where oftentimes as parents, um, there's a disconnect because they don't give us the opportunity to make decisions and to listen to our emotions and let our, our intelligence, our emotions guide those decisions. And then we yeah. can learn the consequences. Like we wait till adulthood, you know, to then crash and burn because all of our lives we've been told to do this, told to do that. And just because we're supposed to do it, you know, especially yeah. within the black community, that's another thing is like, we come and it goes back to like slavery and all the damage that was done through that, where we had to protect ourselves so much. It was like, no, you sit down, shut up, don't do anything. Same thing with cops. If a cop comes up, sit down, shut up, don't say anything. So, so much of the decision-making is taken away from us um, where, you know, our parents, you know, we ask them to do this. They say, no, why, why can't I do that? Just because, because I said yeah. so. Well, why? And they get mad at us for asking those why. For asking the questions, yeah. Right. And then when we get to adulthood, it was like, we don't know what we're doing because we never learn how to make decisions. We never learn how to listen to our intuition and let that guide us in our decision-making. Um, when that is a true source, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about religion and stuff, you know, eventually, but, you know, we're, we're taught that this, our intelligence is this outside source when it truly is within us and we all have access to it. And we're all, there's not this, um, you have to deserve it or become worthy of it. No, it's, it's there for you. You know, you don't have to behave in a certain way in order to receive, you know, that knowledge or, you know, whatever. I can go yeah. down my- <laughs> and then even even connecting that back to the isolation piece like again I was separating for me separating from family and friends who think on a think a whole different way than what I was thinking like that was a way for me looking back on it to really figure out like is this really what I want to do like really sort out the weeds like there's no there's no naysaying there's nothing like it's it's just me figuring this out so I think that was a a big piece but then at the same time like as much as our parents might uh, I don't want to say restrict us but like lead us in a certain way or influence us a certain way they're really doing the best they can at the end of the day like they mm-hmm. like if I'm just thinking back to when I was in high school um had I been more intuitive back then, I know I wouldn't have been in, in this situation now, but I probably would have tapped into something more creative. Like I used to love to draw, but it got to a point where it was like, all right, either you got to pick sports or you can pick art. Mm. Of course, I'm going to pick sports because um, I was a huge sports, just fanatic in general. Like even when I got to college, um, they were like, oh, you're good at math. You're good at science. Um, you'd be good at pharmacy. So I ended up being pre-farm. Worst decision ever. Like after, (laughs) I'm not even going to talk about what my high school GPA was, but I've never even seen a C. I get to UF, I'm making C's. I don't know how to study. I never studied in high school. Mm -hmm. So like I'm getting just, just drilled. UF murking me right now. So I'm like, bro, I got to figure out what to do. So this is probably really the first time to where it was like, all right, 
I got to start making some decisions. I can't, can't be in, letting other people influence what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. So I switched my major best move of, it saved my college career basically. Like, it, I mean, it was just, it was a good move all the way around. Like it just made me happier. Like it was just something I really wanted to do. And that should really be what it's about. Like it should be what you want to do, what's best for you. Right. Like, kind of have to take a selfish approach to it for the betterment of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that, that's funny. Cause like, I, I follow like a similar path where like I started out undergrad at Alabama A&M cause I was on a volleyball scholarship decided to leave there after my second year because I was like pre-med and I was like oh I want to go somewhere where there's a little more funding so I can be really competitive so I go to Georgia State I'm there um I think I'm in my junior year there pre-med and I'm just like I can't think about what I want to specialize in in med school and I'm like you know I, I guess I mean I really don't love western medicine because I've had these issues and they can never find solutions to them and then um as the universe works, it, it put this person in front of me who was talking about research and psychology. And like, I had taken a psychology course before. However, I was like, what's a soft science? And I, you know, I don't really know. And I ended up doing some research in this autism research lab and I fell in love with it. And then I decided that like, I was going to actually, even though all my life I was going to be a, a doctor or, you know, medical doctor, I decided my junior year that I was going to take some additional courses and apply to grad school to be a psychologist. And like my family did not understand it was like grad school or med school. What is it like? Not not even understanding that this type of program is the most competitive program out there. Um, but they didn't understand it. But I had to, you know, even had people telling me like, no, you're making a mistake, you know, go to med school. But I knew I, even though it was scary and I still wasn't where I am today, as far as like my self-awareness and self-confidence, I knew that something like, I was like, I'm not going to make this decision. Like, this is an important decision. And I'm going to do what feels best for me. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to go against the grain and do, you know, what feels best for me. It was the best decision. If I would have been pre-med, I would have been miserable. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. I would not have liked med school. Um, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, okay. So I don't think I ever talked about my tip. So you said like isolation, self-isolation, spending time with yourself, cutting out the distractions. I would say probably I'll have to go back to meditation um, just because meditation, like some of the pillars of meditation are just this non or mindfulness meditation. So um, being present and being not judging the present moment, just becoming an observer so a lot of times with our emotions, the reasons why we shut them down, it's because we've been taught that this emotion is bad. I shouldn't experience this emotion. Um, but if we can remove that part and just observe the emotion and let it flow as it, you know, as it comes, like just like this little snake that's flowing over my arm. <laughs> if we just allow our emotions to just flow without us judging them, then we can experience them and take them take from them what they're trying to deliver like that information so I would say just mindfulness meditation and being able to be in a present moment um, experience something without having to judge or make sense of it at that moment just kind of like letting it you know come up and then also having the compassion to the compassion and the patience that meditation also teaches 
um, to just sit with stuff and to, you know, let it be experienced. And, and I think that self-love and compassion allows me to make mistakes so I can follow, like, I'm not afraid, like nothing is ever a mistake for me. Nothing's ever a failure. Everything is just an experience. Mm-hmm. So I can allow myself to follow this emotion. And if it doesn't pan out how I expect it, it's like, oh, that's just more knowledge I gain or more experience I gain on to the next. Let me try it this way. Um, and I can do that in a very non-judgmental way. And I don't get down on myself. So I think like just meditation, um, giving yourself that space, that stillness, that um, ability to just observe without judgment has really helped me to understand my emotions and experience them in a healthy way. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I mean, I was going to say meditation because I mean, to me, meditation really is just a um, an everyday isolation. Like that's mm-hmm. really you kind of putting yourself in isolation. So at the end of the day, it's really just being able to quiet the, the ex- external uh, environment. So whether that's you literally taking a physical move or doing something with your body, I mean, that could be as simple as you leaving your house and just going to a park by yourself. That that could be isolation. I'm not necessarily saying you got to move to another city. But um, I think when you are isolated, like even in these times where people are quarantined, the meditation um, and having that practice would make this so much easier. Like, I mean, we kind of talked about it prior to getting on the show, but for me, like, I really feel like uh, I'm experiencing scissors broken clocks. Like, I really don't have a lot of recollection of time. Most of the time, like, I remember waking up on Sunday, I really didn't know what day it was. Like, I, because I popped up and like, I've been so busy the past few weeks. Um, or I wouldn't even say really busy, but just consistent. I've been so consistent, like every day doing certain things to where like I popped up and I thought it was a weekday Mm. and I'm like oh it's Sunday like I can kind of (laughs) chill so like I don't know I think it's just being in the moment which goes back to to the meditative space of it but the more you're present the more you're able to sort stuff out yeah and I think you know in addition to finding the isolation another way to gain emotional intelligence is by being around other people so you can see you can experience emotions with other people and then notice okay i'm reacting what emotion am i experiencing in relation to this person and why um is this person triggering you know some past you know whatever that's causing me to react to them this way so also yeah spending time with people to you know observe your emotions and ride how they arise good and bad good and bad quote unquote Uh, i think that's another important part too yeah that's the balancing aspect of it like you definitely need to be around people so that you can see what you're doing in your alone time is working (laughs) like you can you need to figure out that balance like i mean with anything else in life so of course you're going to have interactions with people people are still going to do certain things that may trigger you but how do you respond to that so it's Mm -hmm. um it's building up that practice in your alone time to where when you do get to it you're ready like it's no different than an athlete practicing and then it's game time so that practice is just your isolation time like 
when you are by yourself, that's the time for you to get better in all aspects, whether you be working out mentally or physically, um, which coincides so well with right now. Like, I mean, if the gym was open, I'm already there regardless, but like, that's the only thing that's killing me right now because I can't go to the gym. So I, I just think that these times, like, I mean, instead of trying to figure out what's good on Netflix, like, what can you read that will make you better or mm -hmm. listen to that'll make you better? Like, it's just certain things that you can do to continuously improve yourself without getting too obsessive. Like, of course, you still need your rest and, and time to just chill, but like, be productive at the same time, like, yeah. seek to get better. And if and if you are going to be watching Netflix, use that as an opportunity watching to watch something educational. Well, <laughs> I mean, even, to, even if yeah. you're not even if you're not watching something educational, you could be watching a show, and if it does evoke an emotion out of you, take time to reflect on that emotion and why. Like, yeah, okay, be present with what you're watching too. Yeah, be present with what you're watching, and like, yeah, like you know, make kill two birds with one stone. Like, actually, yeah, get get entertained at the same time allow yourself to be present and experience emotions and that's another part about emotional intelligence is being empathic being an empath so being able to understand the emotions and experience of other people um that's also really important too that's another important aspect too so if you are me watching tv you know allow yourself to to be present and to experience the emotions and uh pay attention to those reactions you're having um, so that way you can gain whatever information from that, you know, that you need. So that kind of goes back to the self-awareness piece. But even with the music, like, it's going to be certain things in the movie that might trigger you. Um, depending on the type of movie you're watching, it can make you sad or it can make you mad. Um, and no different than a song. Like, if you're somebody who you know, of, like, you've been depressed lately. Let's just say you've been depressed. And then you're listening to neo i'm so sick of love songs you're making yourself more depressed like that's lacking emotional intelligence like you're putting yourself in that type of hole flip the script like do something different so i'm not knocking anybody who's trying to just have a good time and watch whatever on netflix when i say watch something educational that was me simply saying flip the script like just do something different do something out of your norm mm -hmm. and i think really at the end of the day that's what it comes down to is pushing your levels of comfort getting out of yep. your comfort zone, getting out of that box, doing something different, um, just constantly challenging yourself. Like, I mean, if you're that's here- a guiding, That's a guiding grace. Like, if, like, I literally, whenever I feel uncomfortable, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is where I need to be. Like, because yeah. I know on the other side of that, on that discomfort is like, because the thing is like, when you think about it, when you're uncomfortable, you normally stop there. So you're not getting to that whole other world of experience on the other side of that. So- Whenever I feel discomfort nowadays, I'm like, okay, all right, now let's go. Let's take that yeah. other step, you know? It's like, what's next? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I've definitely grown comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like, I've, especially in the past three years, like, it's, yeah. the life of an entrepreneur, I take my hats off to everybody who's ever built a company and done it successfully and all that stuff. Like, it's so many different things that go into that. Uh, it's just commendable so it, it's so much more than what's seen on the outside but just the mental toughness of those people hat goes off mm -hmm. and I would say another another tip um, I know you kind of touched on the gym is that 
in order for you to do anything related to improving your mind, anything, you have to also realize that what you do with your body affects your mind. So finding some way to be physically active um, and, you know, monitoring what you're consuming, both visually, what you're listening to and what you're eating, like all these things, all of what you're putting into and doing with your body are going to affect the way your brain's ability to be able to think clear enough to process your emotions. And at the same time, while you're training your brain to be more efficient and noticing, okay, what am I thinking? How am I feeling? Okay, let me correct that and get to a positive state. Your ability to do that and make that a habit of thinking um, requires you to be putting in good nutrients. So through working out and through eating right. Yeah, I was going to say, um, remember, the, your gut is your second brain. So the quality of food that you're putting in your body is going to contribute to the thoughts that you're producing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're putting in excessive amounts of sugar, you're going to be more jittery or you might be a little bit more wound up than if you just had some fruit. So that's one of those things where I think as you become more self-aware, you'll see how food is affecting you. And I know for me and my own experiences, it took me to do um, meditating and doing yoga and certain things to figure out like, wow, all right, I just had pizza. I feel like trash. I'm about to go take a nap like I immediately got the itis, like now my food's just sitting on me for the next three days, whatever. Right. Started giving me those pieces of insight. And then it's like, all right, on the flip side, when I'm only consuming, uh, let's say fruit, veggies, I'm energized. There's, there's never any itis and food's digesting like it should. Mm-hmm. like you're having these proper bowel movements like you're, you're good <laughs> so I think you start to see things from a different spectrum and it's like wow I've been doing things one way and there's a whole different side to it how much better can it get so I think that's kind of like where I've been to where you're put here I feel like on earth to experience the best of the best so why not strive for that and then if, I mean, it's one thing if you don't have the, the perspective and the, the wherewithal to do so, but if you, if you know better, you do better. Right. And that again, comes down to the world we live in, especially in the U.S., is designed to keep us from tapping into our emotional intelligence. And one of the primary vehicles they do that through is by keeping us so sick that we can't think clear enough, um, especially through our food, through the, the toxic foods that we're fed here. Where yeah, you don't a lot, know you feel bad. Right, because you get so used to it. It's like, you get so used to feeling like crap that- That you think the itis is normal. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, <laughs> like, it's like you're supposed to get, after Thanksgiving yeah. dinner, you're supposed to be in pain and just lay down. Yeah, we're supposed to go to take a nap after we eat. No, right. that's not it at right. all. Like, right. You're literally putting yourself in a in a slow death. Like that's yeah. the complete opposite of what you should be doing. Yeah. And I think that's like some of the challenges of getting to the level that you and I are at. It took something for us to be like, okay, I'm I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm gonna make this change. Because when I try to talk to people about it now, it's just it's so hard for people from our community 
to want to, you know, put down the mac and cheese and the corn casserole and, and fried chicken in order to have a bet, to feel healthier, to, you know, everything. It's like, to me, like, to me, just like, I, like, I value feeling well, because I understand the value in feeling well. I understand the more well I feel, the more I can create a better life for myself and for my family. So why would I not, like, the, the true sacrifice is, oh, you know, not the fact that I don't get to eat fried chicken. The sacrifice is eating that fried chicken and missing out on the beautiful life that you could create had you okay. had the energy and the wellness to be able to do that. That's, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, I know <laughs> what eating dairy will do to me. Like, I know if I eat gluten, what it's going to do to me. So it's not worth it. Like, like you said, I value feeling good. I know how it feels to feel bad, <laughs> the worst levels of bad. So I'm like, nah, I'm, I like it on this side. If I know that's going to trigger something, I'm I'm not about to, not I'm not doing it intentionally. So, um, I would I think I said it even in the last episode, and I might say it every episode, but I challenge you to feel good, because I know a lot of people don't know what it feels like to actually feel good um especially from an eating perspective and a diet perspective like i mean i just said even about the itis piece but like truly eat a full meal like y'all should see how much i eat and i'm I'm so energized after that meal that where you're like how are you not going to sleep <laughs> my mom will sit there and watch me eat like a whole jar of like cashews and just be in amazing i'm like i'm good but it's eating healthy things. Like it's eating things that, that are going to fuel you at the same time. Yep. Okay. So we touched on getting in stillness and silence, um, like spending time with yourself, um, meditation, being present and mindful, actually being around other people so you could reflect and observe your emotions in those contexts, as well as eating right and exercising your body, obviously doing all these things in moderation and balance. Um, if you are going to start on this journey, definitely set small goals for yourself. Um, you know, just cause it's not, and even me, like I, I, there's times where I will have a slice of pizza, you know, but it's not my, my, my primary diet. My primary diet is fruits and vegetables just cause I know I feel my best. Like even today I went to this place, I almost ordered some grilled salmon, but I was like, if I just get the grilled veggies, I'm going to feel lighter than I will if I get the grilled salmon. And I mm. like the feeling of lightness because that feeling to me, I associate with clear, mental clarity and like energy, you know, I'm not heavy and like kind of weighed down. Um, so yeah. Any other tips you have Blair for emotional intelligence, cultivating more intelligence, or even I would say, let's think outside of that too. So Let's think about tips to just becoming more in touch with your emotions. Any like activities you've done that helped you to, to experience your emotions or to um, be okay with the emotions that you have experienced? Mm. What about therapy? Have you ever done therapy? Uh, I've not like a true therapy session. Like I've done a couple with like, energy healers mm -hmm. but like kind of like a one-off session like maybe 15 minutes where they ask a, a few questions here and Wait, there so that that too so how did you know how could you sense that you needed an energy healer 
I like I was just trying different things to be honest like it, it would be it'd be dark times just even from a mental perspective where I didn't even feel like myself so I guess more of like a depressive state mm-hmm. so I'm like all right let me figure out if there's something subconsciously holding me back like consciously I feel like I'm aware of what I can be aware of but like it's got to be something deeper than this so that's where I started seeking out like these different healers and these different techniques and it revealed a lot like um one thing I didn't know but each person has at least four lines of DNA in them like Hmm. the lineage goes goes back at least four grandparents so knowing that that you're you're taking in those same traumas and everything that your grandparents went through so you could be suffering from something or something could be holding you back subconsciously that they went through and you have no idea about you might not be manifesting something and you're like I'm doing everything I need to for this to happen what is going on mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it got to for me so I was trying to manifest something specific and it just wasn't happening. So I'm like, it's got to be something deeper because I'm doing everything that I know. Go to these healers and it's like, yeah, it's definitely something karmic in your timeline. So that's another conversation for another day. But mm-hmm. um, just for me, knowing uh, intuitively, like it's something more is what led me to do all that. I think... Um... So I've never, I've done like sound bowl healing um, and I've done like breath work and those two were just because I sense like I'm doing like all these healthy lifestyle practices, but I'm still experiencing chronic pain. I'm still experiencing um, fatigue. There's got to be something energetically that is still weighing on me that I need to clear out. Um, So that's why I did some of those things and why I got into yoga as well. But another thing that definitely has been helpful for me um, has been, you know, traditional therapy, psychotherapy. I saw a hypnotherapist before. That was a really awesome experience Um, just because in hypnotherapy, you're working more in your subconscious mind. So you have your conscious mind, which is like what we're using now to have this conversation. And then you have your subconscious mind, which is kind of like some of that ancestral stuff, um, your own past experience, things that are kind of working on a level that you might not be super aware of if you're not, you know, very self-aware. So in hypnotherapy, we, he puts me in a state of like, almost like a meditative state that allows us to go down into my more subconscious mind and work there more at the roots of, of your, your thoughts and stuff like that. Um, so that was really helpful and journaling too. Journaling has been helpful mm. for me. Um, just kind of writing down. forgot about that one. That's a yeah. great one. Yeah. yeah. Writing down how I feel. Um, Because even me as a therapist, I realized I had a hard time expressing my emotions. And I think part of that was because one, growing up, I was so focused on pleasing other people. And I was kind of so easy to go with the flow that I never really learned who I was and how I felt about things. I couldn't tell like, am I doing this because I really want to do it or because I feel like somebody would like me to do this. Um, so journaling and therapy helped me to become more aware of what I truly wanted and, um, how I truly felt about stuff. Um, what else? 
yeah, journaling is a good one. I forgot all about that, but being able to write is liberating for sure. Mm-hmm. And even go back and like read, like I have like so many journals now, like to go back and read just like, cause you were in a different mind state back then, you know? So it, it's, it's so valuable to journal. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, let's, go ahead. I was just gonna say, so with, you practicing more self-awareness types of techniques and practices. Um, Where do you feel like you are right now? As far as like where I am now on my self-awareness or emotional intelligence journey, I'm in a place to where I'm aware enough that I'm more predominantly operating in an adaptive way. I definitely still have situations where I will let um, anxiety creep up, you know, or that I'll notice that my guard starts to come up and I'll have to just like take a breath and come to the present moment so that way I can like get past that guard that's coming up. Um, so I'm definitely on the the other end of it, but I definitely still have work to do in, because the thing for me is, sometimes when like I would be trying to express my needs, especially to like um, a lover or somebody like that, that guard will come up to where it almost as if I forget what I need, you know, cause like yeah. that's my protective. It's like, if you express what you want, you're not going to get what you want. So then that guard comes up and it makes me like kind of start to forget. So that still somewhat happens. And now I just consciously, whenever I think about something I need, I know that I'm worthy of receiving it. And I know I can have whatever I want. So then that that mental block doesn't come up as much or like I can more quickly override it just because I have that level of awareness. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I'm definitely on the other side of it, but it's something I still work at, especially with, um, I guess, a significant other, like somebody who you would deem as that. But yeah, it's, I think it's an, it's an evolving process every day. Like it's just... Mm-hmm really trying to figure out and heal from those past traumas and like those those different things that might have held you back in the past um and i mean i've definitely been somebody who can be guarded um i just i don't open up easy so i'm aware of that and i think having awareness of little things that you know could be a trigger for somebody else is huge so at least if I know a friend, like, hey, or if I tell you a friend, like, be patient. I really mean be patient. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it's coming from a sincere place. Like, it's it's not, it's nothing about you. It's, it's me. So I think if more people were self-aware and we could actually communicate that with each other, I think it would be a lot smoother for just dating in general. Let's say you're in a relationship with someone um, and you do have that higher level of self-awareness. Um, you can see where they, they're kind of lacking. What Are there certain things you would do to kind of help that person gain self-awareness aside from like meditation, um, but in how you interact with that person, would there be certain things you would do to help kind of cultivate or model that for them? Um, nothing in particular. Um, I, for me, honestly, like with anything, like I just try to be myself. So, Mm -hmm. and lead by example. So like if somebody sees me doing something and hopefully, 
I mean, with anything, like it would inspire or help them at the end of the day. But I can't say I would like pinpoint something specific. Like I, I'm, I'm getting to the point to where like I, I understand everybody has their own journey. So like the people who truly want to ask questions or want to know certain things, like they'll come to me and ask. Like I try yeah. not to. That and I think that's the important stuff. part. Is is that's an actually an active thing that you do is that you don't you don't try to force things on people. Like you can see somebody has this area where they need to grow. However, you give them the space to experience what they need to experience for them then to then use their own intelligence and listen to it to be like, okay, well, let me actually ask Blair. Let me actually seek some help or let me follow these strategies that Blair is doing. Um, Cause I feel like that's, that's a, a very important part is being guided to that on your own versus someone trying to teach you and force something down your throat the part of that intelligence is, is noticing, okay, I have this area of growth I need. I see this person doing something that looks like it's helpful for them. Let me then, you know, start to watch what they're doing. And, and um, so I think just like, you know, creating that space for someone to experience their emotions. And then at that point, if they then ask you, how can I experience this emotion in a certain way or do whatever, then that's when we could step in and, you know, give that support. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think even with uh, three layers of wellness, like I just put out information. So hopefully you benefit from it, but um, I'm definitely not trying to just be force feeding stuff to people. Like I, j I literally just put it out as, as a tool. And I tell people, use me as a tool and a resource. Like I'm somebody who does my research and stuff and, and I'm not gonna just take stuff as status quo. So I'm gonna question it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and even what we're telling you, question it. Like. Yeah look up stuff on your own um do these different just because it works for me it doesn't mean it's gonna work for you so i would always encourage people to do their own trials and experiments with whatever but just see if the stuff works um it's literally just just being put out as a tool for you mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely you know i look at my life i'm like this little investigator and i've always been a curious person i feel like that's like one of the traits of people who do start to, you know, get on that conscious path is like, they're just naturally curious. They start questioning things. For sure. Um, so yeah, I'm just like an investigator. I'm, I'm willing to experiment with my, with this life. That's what you came here to do was to play in this, this rich world that we have to play experiment, to learn and grow. Um, but I think we, at some point in time, we started to believe that we're supposed to come here and be perfect at everything. And then that leads us to staying in these little safe, predetermined paths that no one's happy in um yeah. so yeah so so yeah <laughs> um let's see anything else i mean we, we covered the the issue why you know not why lacking emotional intelligence is an issue um especially among black men and how that affects our relationships we've covered some of the causes as well as some of our solutions. Um, anything else that you feel like we could touch on? I think we gave the people enough on emotional intelligence. All right. <laughs> so y'all probably tired of hearing that term now, but if you guys have any um, questions or suggestions about your own path, anything that you've done to cultivate more emotional intelligence in your life, um, or if you have any questions on um, for us, feel free to DM us on our social media, um, or drop comments in the comment section, whatever, or, or leave a voicemail on the audio. Um, 
on the on the podcast uh, platforms because uh, we are here for you. We want to be able to answer whatever questions you guys do have. And um, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Definitely would love to connect with you guys. Um, if you can see in our backgrounds, we have our handles. Uh, you can reach me at Three Layers of Wellness. Um, and then I also have my apparel company, Bonafide FLA. But just reach out to me direct and we can get it going. Cool, cool, cool. And my Instagram is at Makita Smiles. I also have my Slick logo on there. I'm a Slick brand ambassador. You can find us at Slick Relax Fit. Um, and, you know, again, I'm open to receiving any questions, any way we can help support you in your path to your greater self. That's what we are here. That's what we are about. And I think that's a wrap. Um, a wrap for episode two. Um, I hope hey. you guys enjoyed this episode and feel definitely, you know, like, subscribe and share and continue to tap back in with us. We got a lot of good stuff headed your way. For sure. We'll continue to get better, but uh, thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. All right. Peace and love. Right. Peace. Thank you for tuning into the Parallel Pass podcast. For essentials and contact info, you can find all that in the show notes. Make sure you leave us a review, share, and subscribe if you have not already done so. We appreciate all of the love and support, family. Until next time, peace.